Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and look, it is still Florida week. We've got another interview for you today. As Peter Burns is joining Josh and I today, uh, but let's get right into that Peter Burns interview. Would like to welcome our guest today. As Peter Burns of ESPN is following us, y'all can find him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. Peter, how are you doing today? Man, I, I the only thing I would be better if I was you know packing my bag to get ready to go to um, to Baton Rouge for the games this weekend. You know, I mean, I wanted to, and but my wife is uh, is pregnant, and we're due and expecting our. Our son here any uh, anytime in the next two or three weeks. So I got the absolute no go, the no fly from the wife. So uh, that's the only way I could be better, man. The weather's good in Charlotte. We're here at the SEC Network Studios. We're ready for some football this weekend. Hey, that was actually my first question: is if you came up with a good enough excuse to get out of there. I, I told her it's for work, right? I told her, <laughs> hey, listen, you know, as the anchor of the network, and you know, it's not just because I'm an LSU fan; it's because uh, I got to do this for uh, all my jobs. And she looked at me and she's like, "Yeah, that's not good enough of an excuse." So, uh, <laughs> although here's the deal: I don't, what would you guys do? She said I could go, but then she gets the full naming rights of our our son, and so she's a big Alabama fan. So. I think I could go to the game, but then I'd come back and my son would be born and his name would be like Bear Bryant Burns. So oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that, boys. Yeah. Yeah, too many Bs. Peter, as, <laughs> Peter, as, as, uh, as somebody that's married to a, an Alabama fan as well and have four kids, do not do that. Yeah. Do not give her I'm those you. full rights. I know. I, I, I would have Bear Bryant or like, you know, the worst would be if it was called Greg McElroy Burns. That would really upset me. So, uh, no, you, you know, as a house divided, man, I got to keep mama happy. But um, now I'll be watching it. We'll be watching it as a house and I'll be looking at probably 100,000 LSU fans and about 10,000 Florida fans being loud as hell there in Death Valley. Well, Peter, top 10 matchup game days there. It's a true night game. It's everything that you come to LSU for. And as an LSU fan, these are the games that live on in your memory for years to come. It, you know, it, it's something that's different that's going on in Baton Rouge. This offense is high-powered. And, and I look at this matchup, yeah. it's uh, the top offense in the SEC against one of the top defenses in the SEC. Who do you think can win this battle? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely look at, and let's, let's break down Florida's defense first, right? I mean, they, they've been fa- fantastic. Uh, Grenard, David Reese has been great. I mean, you know, the job that Todd Grantham has done of kind of being exotic too. I think when you break it down, guys, it's this Florida defense has been great. And a lot of times it's because Grantham brings a ton of blitzes. You go back and look at the Auburn game. He actually, the 61 offensive plays that the Tigers ran, Grantham only blitzed twice, you know, like brought extra guys. He, he They basically just said, you know what? We're going to line up one-on-one and we think our guys up front can beat this inexperienced offensive line and with a true freshman quarterback, y'all are going to struggle. And that's exactly what happened. So he didn't have to bring a whole lot of, a lot of blitzing, um, you know, to beat them. But I, I also look at the same thing as who have they faced? Like, you know, they haven't faced a quarterback like Burrow in this offense. And then just the amount of success and how comfortable Burrow looks, nothing faces him right now. Like after he took the hit in the UCF bowl game, I kind of expected him like, all right, what are you going to do here? Are you going to respond? And all of a sudden it just fired him up. 
You add that with the way Joe Brady has, has helped with Steve Insminger put that offense together. I just think it's a clear cut advantage that LSU has, um, you know, going up against uh, Florida's defense. And the one thing real quick I wanted to add on that is Auburn's, Auburn's offense is always like, hey, we're going to do a bunch of different kind of razzle dazzle and just kind of like trick a defense, but that doesn't really work towards a really good dedicated defense like Florida, right? They, they're sound in their, in, their, in their defensive efforts. I think LSU's offense is so much different because Burrow will look at a defense and he's able to say, all right, this is what they're showing me. Here's where I have man on man. Here's where I've got zone. Here's what's going to happen. This is why I need to make this play happen. And I think that's an, another big advantage that the Tigers are going to have offensively when it comes to scheme-wise. Well, speaking of advantage, I think that crowd has to be something that's going to come into play. Kyle Trask's first true road game in the SEC. Uh, against Auburn, he was pretty good, except for when it came to uh, holding on to the ball when he was hit in the pocket. He had three fumbles against Auburn. I saw one against Tennessee and watching film. Is that going to be something that comes into play, his pocket awareness in Death Valley? Yeah, I think it has to, right? Because now, you know, I think that all week long they're going to try to not only, you know, design plays that are going to get, you know, rid of the ball quickly, but I think for Kyle, any time, you know, you have this many turnovers and put the ball on the ground, you start thinking about it. So if any, uh, all of a sudden under some chaos or a little bit of, uh, of a blitz, you're thinking, all right, let me not try to hold the ball, all, you know, hold it for one extra second and make the play. Let me make the safe decision, which is either throw it away or take a sack if there's pressure. So, I, you know, I think that that's a huge element. Um, not ex- I'm not expecting any really kind of any fumbles from him, but what I am expecting him is now, let's say the clock for him to pass it was three and a half seconds. Maybe now it's down to just two and a half seconds because he's making sure that, hey, turnovers will absolutely kill a potent uh, you know a team that has a potent offense and they can't afford any coming Saturday night well a lot has been made about these offensive line struggles throughout the year and both teams have struggled at the offensive line LSU looking to add people but Florida uh, is looking to establish the run P Ryan had that big 88 yard touchdown against Auburn but besides that it seems like Florida's been struggling to run the ball if Florida's going to win this game how important is establishing the run going to have to be? Yeah, I mean, it's everything, right? I mean, they're trying to play keep away uh, against um, against LSU because, I mean, when LSU gets the ball, they just flat out score. I mean, they're scoring 55 points a game. You guys know it. You see it. I mean, it, you know, it's it's you, you try – you can't contain it. You're not going to stop it. I mean, I would, I would be absolutely shocked if LSU is not able to score, you know, at least four to five touchdowns in this game. The question is how long does it take them to do it? Um, and, and so for me, if I'm Florida, the best equalizer is to be able to run the ball. But with Richard Lawrence being back, Divinity being back, um, you know, if, if Logan is, is, is healthy, I, I think this is a situation where the matchups actually work extremely well for LSU on both sides of the ball. And I just, again, guys, I, I, I have nothing to respect. I mean, there's 99 reasons why I think this thing ends up being a blowout come Saturday night, but the one thing I can't get over is Dan Mullen, and I think, he, you know, go back to last year. He continues to find ways to take a team that doesn't have as much talent because LSU had more talent than Florida last year, yet they found a way to win that game. So 
he's going to try to grind it up, and um, I just don't think that'll be enough for, for, for Florida this weekend. Hey, Peter. Peter, this is Josh. So let's, what's your thoughts on Kyle, Kyle Trask? His last time he started a game, uh, was his, he was playing JV as a, a freshman in high school. When I seen that stat, <laughs> yeah. and that, little, that, little, you know, that little piece of information come across, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be playing his first game in Death Valley on the road uh, since he, you know, the JV times when he was 14. I just, when I look at it and watch the film on Trask, Peter, I just, I just don't see him coming into Death Valley and beating the Tigers. I mean, you know, I just, I just don't see. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Trask, and, and there's a difference between being, you know, being a, a young, inexperienced quarterback and mm-hmm. just being a guy who hasn't taken a lot of snaps and seen game footage. And and that's the thing with Trask, or, or Trask is that the fact with Kyle Trask is he's been around this program a while. You know, I mean, he's been there even back before Dan Mullen got there, and you know, he's had two years to get ready to take the over. In fact. Remember when Felipe was struggling last year, Trask was actually going to get the start. But then I think before the one, I want to say Kentucky game or one of the other games, he had a Vandy game. I think it was, he broke his foot. So wasn't able to play. Um, So I think he definitely has enough talent. The problem is he's, he's already limited as it is, right? Like he's not, he's not exactly a fleet of foot. And (laughs) you combine that with the MCL sprain that he had last week, I think that's just a struggle. And so I think, again, what it comes down to is Trav's going to be put in a position to make a lot of swing passes, a lot of, a lot of screens. And LSU, I think, is like fourth or fifth best in the SEC right now when it comes to, you know, um, playing defense against those little swings, um, you know, pop passes right. that are quick. So I just think they have so much discipline. The only problem I'm worried about is the middle of the field. Trask has had some success against uh, teams throwing it in the middle of the field, and that's where LSU's kind of having the Achilles heel. I mean, I know that's where Duvernay and Texas kind of exploded against them. Um, I- I'm curious to see if LSU can can hold them down. Because I'm not worried about the corners. I think Fulton and Stingley are – I mean, Stingley, my God, his kid is unbelievable. <laughs> um, it's just kind of the middle of the of – the, of the, of, 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 between the hashes is where I'm concerned for LSU. Well, Peter, growing up in the Baton Rouge area, you have to know that there's some tradition to, at these tailgates. This being an epicenter of college football this weekend, people coming from ESPN, coming from Florida, if there's one thing that you can't pass up at a tailgate this weekend, what would it be? Well, I love any time. I mean, it's not even just Florida games, but you go through, I guarantee you there'll be at least 25 different Florida Gators on a spit. Uh, you know, that they'll actually be barbecuing an actual Gator somewhere right. around the stadium. Uh so that's always pretty cool. I mean, I, I tell people, even if you're not a college football fan or an SEC fan, a, a bucket list item is a game like this. Not just a night game at Death Valley, but a night game against an SEC opponent that means something. And, oh, by the way, it's Florida, which there's a heated rivalry with now. So, I mean, I, I tell people, find out one thing. Find out what time the band comes down the hill. Because to me, when the band starts coming down the hill, the players go down, there's just this buzz about campus, and literally it is a buzz that it's almost unexplainable. And, and it, to me, I, again, I might give up the, my naming rights to my firstborn son if I could be there watching the band come down the hill and play, uh, you know, victory for LSU right before they go into the stadium. Well, Peter, so far we haven't heard who's going to be the guest picker. If you could pick one person, who would it be? Um, that's a great question. You know what? I was going to say, I would like to have Booger McFarland, but that would be too easy. Monday Night Football, former LSU Tiger. Um, I'm going to go, 
he's not a big LSU fan, but he's a Louisiana guy. I was going to go like juvenile or master P or somebody like that. <laughs> Just have somebody kind of way off the, off the radar, maybe little Wayne uh, might be decent. I'm an old school rap and hip hop guy. So um, I'd be that I'd be okay with that or just have good, just go full, you know, inception wise and have Garth Brooks come in and he can just oh, play man. Colin Baton Rouge <laughs> in the stadium. Like I'd be fine with that. I've been waiting for Colin Baton Rouge in the stadium, but Peter, no, you got to get out of here. got one more question for you before you leave. Who do you think wins this matchup on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's LSU just has too much firepower guys. I mean, even if they, as long as they don't make a couple of bad turnovers early, this thing, I, you know, I, I texted somebody close to the the organ, uh, the program a couple of days ago. I'm like, how you feeling? And this person is not normally the most happy-go-lucky guy. And he goes, un-blank-and-believable. And he didn't say blanking to, to say it. So um, I think they're pretty happy with how healthy this team is. It would be a massive disappointment to let down if they lose this game. I think it's LSU 38, Florida 17. Whoa. <laughs> Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thank yeah. you so much, Peter, for giving us some of your time. We look forward to seeing you on the SEC Network the rest of the week, and uh, hopefully you'll make it down to Baton Rouge soon for a big game again. I can't wait, man. Hopefully hopefully I can show my uh, my son uh, maybe a win against Alabama this uh, this year. We haven't seen yeah. many of those in, in the past. So uh, can't wait. I appreciate you guys giving me the invite to come on. Once again, I want to thank Peter for coming on, giving us some of his time. A uh, busy guy this week as SEC football. LSU Florida is uh, is the epicenter of college football, like I said in that interview. Uh, game day is going to be here. ESPN's broadcasting the game. We're going to have Fowler and Herb Street in the, in the booth. Josh, man, it, it just doesn't get any bigger than this. It's Thursday, and I can tell you now, if you own a business in Baton Rouge, there is no work that will be done tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen to the, you know, the interview with Peter and having him on. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, Charles, I know you caught his prediction, 38-17. It sounds real familiar to uh, to what I said, 38-17. It does. So, uh, it does. Um, yeah, so I think Peter, he basically explained a lot of the same things that we explained on our, on the first show, right? I mean, he, he touched on a lot of the areas that me and you both touched on is that when it comes down to it, I just think LSU is going to have too much firepower, Charles, and it, it's just going to be too hard for Florida to kind of keep up with the scoring. Uh, and when you break down Kyle Trask, you know, yeah, he's a seasoned guy, like Peter said. He's been around the program for a while. I just think he's lacking the feel, you know, and we mentioned that. For the more film I watch, I just the more I see, Charles, that he just doesn't quite have that, that feel of playing as a starting quarterback quite yet. He really, I think, you know, if he had 10 more games under him, then I think he would be an exceptional QB. Well, yeah, I, I look, I think that trash and experience is going to come into play. But look, don't be surprised if Florida comes into this game and has success moving the ball. I, I mean, what Dan Mullen has done in the past is, like Peter said, he's exceeded what his team should do in matchups like this. I mean, you look at last year, LSU was the more talented team, but Florida comes away with the mm -hmm. win. You know, Coach O's talked about in interviews this week, they couldn't get what they needed to get done on both sides of the ball. I think that's going to be important in this game. It's not just going to be LSU outscoring Florida, which, you know, I think is possible. But you have to remember, Florida's defense is really good. The defense for LSU, the special teams for LSU, they're going to have to play good games. They can't just fall back and say, we're this much better. We have an offense that's going to score a bunch of points because what if that doesn't work out for you? You never know in these matchups. And I'll tell you something else. LSU's done a lot of trick plays on special teams. 
Florida values their special teams as well. Don't be surprised to see Florida run a trick play. If you recall last year's game when Georgia came into Death Valley, Georgia went forward on fourth down mm-hmm. early in the game. It was a turning point because Georgia wasn't able to convert the first down. LSU scores, and LSU runs away with that game. If Georgia converts, maybe we're looking at a different outcome last year, maybe a different season for LSU. But, Josh, no, I think that Trask for this game is going to be difficult. You know, he has fumbling issues right now. Obviously, his uh, pocket awareness is not where it needs to be. And I tell you what, Josh, you know, I I was listening to um, Chris Fowler was on with Moscona earlier today. And he said, have you ever called a game in Death Valley? He said, yeah, I called the 2014 Ole Miss game. Whenever LSU beat number three ranked Ole Miss and and destroyed their shot going to the college football playoff. That game was really loud, Josh. I, I expect this game to be right there. I actually expect this game to be louder. I think this is going to be similar to what Alabama was last year. No, Charles, I think you, you, all your points are, you know, 100%. I think as far as the crowd noise goes, we mentioned this in the, in the first show, right? I heard this today from numerous people that this is, this is kind of that game that Coach O, he needs to get this, his feather in, in his cap. If he beats Florida at home, you're ranked number five. Now you beat two top ten programs. In my eyes, you know, then talking to a lot of fans that, Coach O has arrived. He's truly arrived if he can pull this one off. And I think everybody will start looking at the program, like I mentioned, in that top echelon of Clemson, Alabama. LSU is kind of back into his talk. So, uh, yes, this game is as big as it gets, like you mentioned, you know, the Ole Miss game. But just where the program's at and at this time and where Coach O's got him trending in the right direction, it, it almost feels like, you had said in the past, it's almost like 2011. I think we're trending upwards, and it could be something special. So in that sense, I think it's it's bigger and more important than that, that 14 game against Ole Miss. Um, and I like where LSU is at. Peter Burns mentioned one thing in, that, uh, in his interview. He mentioned the middle of the field, and that is the one aspect I see Florida probably is going to try to have some success because those guys do use the middle of the field. They got, a, you know, Freddie Swain, who's an excellent receiver at catching it across the middle. He's got speed. You've seen what Texas did. Charles, you nailed that with their wide receiver at Texas. You said it before the game. He's explosive, fast receiver. He performed. You called it. So I think hopefully LSU's watching that film and, you know, they're doing what they have to do to not get a linebacker matched up with Freddie Swain. Well, some important things to talk about, Josh. You look at this matchup for the defensive side for LSU. And look, Jimmy Burrow was on, Joe Burrow's father was on radio this week saying, don't overlook this offense of Florida. Well, something that's going to help LSU against Florida's offense is they're getting Glenn Logan. They could be getting Glenn Logan back. He's been practicing in pads. Rashard Lawrence will be playing. Not sure if he's starting. Michael Divinity will be starting this week and playing a lot of outside linebacker. And all of a sudden, Cardell Flott has this miraculous injury recovery (laughs) and practice yesterday in pads. So you may be at full strength against this Florida offense, which, Josh, we haven't seen LSU's full-strength defense in a whole game except for Georgia Southern. We saw it in the beginning against Texas, but, you know, guys started to get hurt in that game, and you were, you know, throwing out a team that had some Band-Aids on it uh, in in that second half, especially in the pass rush. I I think this defense is going to be coming out to to prove a point this weekend. Yeah, I think think Coach O was, you know, when he had mentioned about the injuries and what's going on uh, as far as around the program, I think we all kind of knew he couldn't come out and say it, but he was planning, uh, you know, for up to this point, you see Cordell Flott has a miracle 
you know, come back or whatever. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I think we all knew Coach O was scheming and planning for, for this this game on Saturday night. Uh, he knows he'd, he'd rather have his guys healthy. You don't want your head coach to come out and say that publicly, that, you know, we're going to sit our guys against Utah State because they're not as important. But, look, let's call it as it is. He was making a business decision because he knows Florida is going to be one of them games he has to win. And it might be a Clavion chase on who gets that sack you know, at the last minute of the game that causes a fumble that lets LSU win. So he's doing what he needs to do. It's a business decision. And, you know, I, I really liked how Coach O has handled the whole injury situation, kept it close to the vest. He's given enough to keep the media off of him. Um, but you see now all the guys, most of the guys will be back and be able to play in this game. Well, Josh, you know, Trask coming into this game, we've talked a lot about him in the preview. We talked about him with, with Peter Burns. We talked about him just now. Uh, after the Peter Burns interview, something I want to bring up is his sprained MCL. You know, people are saying, look, he was able to do things against Auburn. I don't think people realize that when you have an initial injury that you're still going off of adrenaline. Uh, this, guy's MC, this guy's knee was probably pretty large after that game, and I really don't expect him to be full health. Uh, probably going to wear a brace this week. Does that affect what Florida can do in offense? Uh. You know, Peter mentioned this. He's not fleet of foot, right? I mean, he's, when I watched the film on him, I, I was kind of expecting him because Dan Mullins likes to have a guy that can move a little bit, but he's really not, like, like Peter was mentioned. So now, now you add on this knee injury. I truly believe, you know, I know Peter said he don't want to see him, you know, necessarily fumble or whatever, but I think that comes into play more, Charles. I think that he can't move. He's stuck in that, you know, in, in that spot. He can't move around. Can't even kind of give us a Tom Brady, I'm going to shift around the pocket, Drew Brees type thing. You know, yes, it comes into play. I think it's just another factor that LSU, if LSU can get to him, to maybe cause some turnovers. With that being said, though, I want to give the young man, you know, his due. He's stuck it out. He's made it this far in the program. When you when he's healthy and you watch him, he can make throws, y'all. There's no doubt about it. If LSU doesn't come to play and, he, and LSU had blown coverage, whenever, Kyle Trash will make those throws. He throws a pretty ball. He gets it out. He does enough. Uh, so it's 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 going to be interesting, but I think LSU has the advantage there. He has a hurt knee; it ain't no way around. If you've ever seen a sprained MCL or a, you know or whatever an ACL, it's it can hurt and it, it definitely can bother him. Well, Josh, we talked about Florida uh, in their defense on where to attack them, and we talked about it with Graham Hall in the preview. As you attack them up the middle, Josh, let's flip the script. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about this in the preview. If you're Florida trying to win this matchup, where do you attack this LSU defense? Oh, man. You know, I don't like talking negative about us. You know that. <laughs> uh, you know, when you look at it, I think what, what he mentioned is is kind of the middle of the field. I think the linebackers for LSU are talented. I think, uh, you know, they, they're going to be most of them guys are going to play in the NFL, but they're still young. They're still getting their reps. Charles, you've seen Patrick Queen this past week. It was almost like the light bulb went on this past week. I mean, you've seen he was making flashes. He looked good. Some plays he was out of position, but it was almost like Utah State. It kind of all clicked for him. And I was like, wow, he's in his gaps. He's making tackles. He's playing a position how we expect to be played in the SEC. That takes time to come with reps. If it was me personally, and if I was going to attack, I would attack the middle of the field, and I would make those linebackers make decisions. You know, and knowing that we lost our safety, Todd Harris, um, out for the season, so you roll in somebody else new in, into that that position on the field. I would attack the middle of the field, make those guys make decisions, and make make athletic plays. And you've seen what Texas did; they were able to take advantage of that area. And I still think that's probably the number one weakness for LSU's defense. 
Josh, you know, I, I agree with you with the middle yep. being a weakness. You know where else I look? I look at that slot corner spot. Mm-hmm. Yes, if Cardell Flott plays, I expect him to play some third down coverage. But if you have to have a nickel safety and Kerry Vincent's in there, mm. look, Kerry Vincent has played better the past couple of games. But against Texas, he got beat a lot. And I'm looking at Florida. Florida's got just as much talent out at the receiver spot as Texas especially in the speed category. And, yes, Kerry Vincent's a really fast guy, but, Josh, I mean, if you have to move Kerry Vincent down and he's not playing that deep deep safety, I've, I've got concerns about position. Yeah. that Look, that comes right into play. Like you said, the slot position there and with the slot cornerback, it, it's, it comes right into play what we're saying. I think, I mean, if you're Florida, I'm going to test that early and often. And I'm going to test it until you can stop it because that's really kind of been the one glaring weak spot of this defense. You know, we've had tackling issues, you know, they've run the ball a little bit at Vanderbilt on us and stuff like that, you know, but nothing is, is like, look, everybody sees it, right? Peter said it, you said it, I said it. That's where they're going to attack. Freddie Swain is very capable of making plays in a slot against a Kerry Vincent Jr. Kerry's fast, but it's track fast. It's a, he doesn't quite, doesn't quite come over to the game side. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be there for Florida. I'm curious to see what Coach Aranda does, maybe to, to scheme something up, to at least slow that down. We can't have linebackers covering Freddie Swain. That Auburn paid for that, paid for that dearly. Yeah, I think Swain's going to get brackets or he's going to get some type of coverage. That, that's something different. I mean, Aranda's had time to look at this. Trust me, whenever they did uh, their preparation in the bye week, they weren't just looking at Utah State. They were looking at Florida. Okay. They were looking at Auburn. They were looking at Alabama. They were looking at the big games coming up. And they were they were game planning for that. So I look, I expect to see a game plan. Josh, I expect to see some wrinkles from Florida. Uh, you always see something different. I've heard on the radio, you know, people talking this week about, you know, you have fake counters that they've run. They all of a sudden they go to run a counter, it turns into a speed option. Mm-hmm. Some of those I don't think you'll be able to run with Florida with Trask being hurt. But I do expect to see some new wrinkles to this offense that we've yet to see this year or something that we've seen on tape from Florida's offense that all of a sudden they do something opposite from what they did earlier. No, you, you, Charles, you, you nailed it. You know, Peter mentioned it as well, that expect that from Dan Mullins. If you're probably naming the two coaches, Charles, that Coach Aranda and, you know, this LSU team has struggled with besides, you know, let's take Alabama out of it, Nick Saban. Uh, Coach Mullen and, and Coach Grantham. And they, Grantham. Right, Grantham right. Made this team struggle. Yeah, and at times he's made it struggle, and at times Dan Mullen has has made this team look, you know, look kind of stupid sometimes. So these are the kind of the like the, like you mentioned uh, on the first show, a thorn in the side of of Coach O. So it's this is where that game. That's why it all kind of rolls back up to what I was saying was that this is a big one for Coach O and the program to get over that hump because Dan Mullen has proven right. He's a national championship offensive coordinator. You know, he's went to Mississippi State, turned that program around. You know, and we've seen what Ty Grantham's done, what he does in his defense. So this is big. This is big for the LSU program and, and specifically um, where Coach O is at and, you know, in his his rebuild. Josh, does Emory Jones scare you for the fact that he can use his legs to make plays? But against Auburn, look, he was five for seven for 28 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, Emory Jones, when you I got to watch him in high school, too, Charles. I know they're up in Georgia that he's uh, he, he's one of them raw athletes. But, yeah, he's a better passer. People see him and expect, okay, here comes a running quarterback. But Emory can throw it. He can throw it pretty, you know, good enough to make plays. He doesn't spook me now when he when 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 he tries to throw that deep ball at times, Charles, and when he when he makes those longer throws that he was like that in high school, he's not as accurate. 
I think if Florida would have to go to Emory Jones uh, full time, you know, I think that helps LSU in a sense. Now he's a a better athlete and all that, you know what I mean? But as far as having to make the big play over the top, I'd rather, you know, if I was a Florida fan, I'd rather have Kyle Trask. Well, a guy LSU wishes they had for this game is Terrence Marshall, a guy who's been practicing but won't be playing. Look, we talked about guys that can step up in his absence. Uh, Stephon Sullivan, a Derek Dillon, a Racy McMath, maybe some Trey Palmer. Look, LSU is is deep at receiver, but Josh, let's stick with the with what we're going here with LSU's defense against Florida's offense. You know what I may like to see is is maybe a Derek Stingley shadow Freddie Swain the whole game. Mm. And I know that's a lot to ask from a freshman because he's been playing consistently on one side of the uh, of the ball on the defensive side. But you know, if you take away their best receiver. Besides that, they've got Kyle Pitts. You know, you look at that Auburn game, the rest of their catches, their third highest catch, uh, pass catcher was a running back. You know, Florida's not deep at receiver like LSU is. So I think you take away option one, you bracket option B, then you worry about everything underneath you. That could be something that Aranda goes with. Look, I, Charles, it's funny you, you brought that up. And, I, and just for the fans, we never talked before this about that, but I brought this up that even if it's something like in the second half that you want to bracket Freddie Swain with Stingley. And, and I got a lot of slack for that. They said, Oh, he ain't gonna do that. He's playing on the outside. I said, you don't understand what, you know, what Aranda's thinking. And in my opinion, Charles, I'm thinking like you, if, if you can shut Freddie Swain down, he he's a stud. I mean, he can make plays. And if you can put Stingley on him, if you have to, maybe not even like lock him up full time, but kind of like you'll see at times they know in, they know it's passing situations, Stingley's got Swain, you know what I mean? Just where maybe 60% of the time he's locked up on him in those situations. I could see that. And I think it's kind of smart um, because like you said, make pits and make Hammonds go ahead and make plays on you. They're talented. But like you said, then it narrows it down uh, to their options. Their offense is just, it's kind of blah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that they can't score, score points, but they remind me of old LSU offenses. Like they do enough, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't blow you off the screen when you watch it. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Josh. Look, this game is exciting. I, the anticipation continues to build. Like I said, no work will be done on Friday. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how many people are even going to class on Friday unless you have a test. You but, said that about 40 times. Nothing's going to happen on Friday. But okay. Go ahead. It, it, it's, it's true. You know, <laughs> know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a cold front coming through. But besides yep. that, it, you know, game day getting their set ready. I, not much work will be done on Friday. Look, Josh, <laughs> uh, I, it, we're about 13 minutes away from – uh, the new hype video with Booger McFarlane dropping. I am uh, I'm ready for that to come out. Watch it, and I, I just want to sleep until Saturday night at this point. Yeah, look, I li- I mean, I get hit with, hey, can can you drop a new hype video on Tuesday at eight o'clock at night? Just so the fans know, I don't make hype videos. So <laughs> the people tweeting at me asking me to drop hype videos at nine o'clock at night because I don't know they're at the gym or something. I I can't do that. But we do have one coming out here shortly from LSU, and uh, I'm excited to see it. Well, Josh, we already have your pick. Uh, just looking at this game, we've had a couple of more days to see what's been said between the teams and the mm-hmm. coaching staff. Has anything changed in in ways that you've, you're looking at this game? No, I mean, I got to watch a couple more games for Florida. I, I went and did as much Kyle Trask, you know, research I could. I even looked at some of his high school stuff a little bit um, that I could pull and just some of his past history. I just quite don't see it. Now, I will say this, uh, Charles, if – if Trask, like I mentioned when we started, if Trask had like 10, 15 starts under his belt, 
I think he could be dangerous. It's almost like Kyle needs another year as a starter. If he would have one more year in front of him, I think he could be exceptionally well, a really good quarterback. But he just he, he doesn't quite have the feel that that you get from getting reps. So I think at Tiger Stadium, like like we had said so many times, this crowd noise, it's going to be – I want to see what this quarterback can do with that crowd noise when they got to use hand signals, when they got to go on a, the silent counts. I think I think it's where LSU gets in their offensive line has struggled at times. You might see some of these guys jump off sides. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be loud. Yeah, it should be an exciting one, Josh. You'll be there. I'll be there as well. If y'all want to meet up with us while we're there, shoot us a direct message on Twitter. Tweet us. Uh, but make sure y'all check out the preview this week Has we preview this matchup. Josh Lemoyne and I, as well as Graham Hall from uh, the Gainesville Sun, joined us. But once again, I'd like to thank Peter Burns. Uh, before we run out of here, Josh, uh, people can check you out on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth and check out your website at LSUFBallTruth.com. But in terms of content, what do you have coming out the rest of the week? Yeah, like I said, um, keep an eye out for today. I, um, the names are getting added for all the recruits coming in, Charles. So, um, and it's a get free a, list. It is a crazy long list. This is probably the longest and you know, most impressive list. Maybe, you know, usually the Alabama game is in, uh, crazy, but it, this one's this one's unreal. So, you know, that just shows you where the program's at. I mean, Ojo's o- o- got this program going, you know, in the right direction. And kids want to be here. They want to be a part of it. So um, I'm a, I'll am do my best tonight. I was going to get it up last night, but we had five more names get added. So I'm just trying to wait to, to grab all the names I can and put them up on the website. So I'll tweet out if, if, I, if I decide to put it up tonight. Well, Josh, before we run out of here, what are some names of guys that are coming that maybe surprised you, but some big names that, that we should be excited about being on campus this weekend? Oh, man. I mean, the names is like, um, well, you know, the running back from Texas, the number one running back in the country, it's kind of been all over the place. Evans, is he going to come? Is he not going to come? Um, kind of depends who you talk to. But I think that's a big one for LSU. Uh, if they could lock him, lock him up as uh, the number one running back in, in the country. Uh, some of the other names – uh, Doomerville is another name. It doesn't look like he's going to make it. I think he's already had already uh, said he was going to be at another game or had another situation going on. But um, believe me, they're you know they're they're going all in on there for the offensive tackle. And a lot of the guys that, have, that are already committed, Charles. I think it looks like almost every guy that's already committed is coming. Some are bringing their friends. So this is big in that sense. Talking to some of the guys that are already committed, Charles, that they're going to go ahead and try to recruit a bunch of the other guys that are coming in. And, you know, but this class is already full, so they're going to have to be kind of choosy. And I know LSU is is kind of hinting around how they would like to finish. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of just look at some of the names on the list so far. A lot of guys from that 2021 and 2022 class that are big, you know, you have <laughs> a lot of commits coming, but. Like you said, you know, a guy you missed, you know, didn't mention on your list, uh, Jacoby and Guillory, uh, a guy that we, you know, hope and expect yep. to be in this class. Uh, one of these games it just goes even further along in his recruitment. Zachary Evans, another guy. You can get yep. both of those guys uh, in your class, and, and I mean, you're going to be set for this class. But y'all make sure y'all check out what Josh is going to put out in that list. It's a long list, and it's not just this year's. It's 2021 and 2022, and lots of big names. But once again, want to thank Peter. I want to thank Josh for coming on and doing another episode as we get set to get ready for this weekend as Florida is coming in to take on the LSU Tigers, a top 10 matchup in Tiger Stadium that's kicking off at 7 p.m., uh, which will follow college game day starting at 9 a.m. in the quad. 
But for Josh Samoyne, for Peter Burns, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week, having a great weekend, and as always, God bless. Ooh, I bet you